welcome everyone to the Black Prospector Show. I am so excited. Y'all just don't know how excited I am. Uh, finally, finally, after probably about a decade, I am finally putting this project together and I'm sharing it with you. I'm looking to create a movement. I mean, look, I don't care what I'm doing on my nine to five. There is nothing more part of my mission and my life work than telling the story of older people. This is something I've been doing all my life, and you're going to hear about it in one of the episodes a little bit later with my dad. But I'm going to narrow this down because it's been my desire to tell the story of black men. Now, every black man has a story. Let me repeat that. Every black man has a story. So how am I going to tell these stories? Well, I am going to be introducing you to various brothers that I am interviewing from all age groups. And the basic premise that I have is tell me a story. But I'm finding that men are so, well, I don't want to say uncomfortable, but that's kind of an area that for someone to ask us for a story, we don't always have one readily available. But what I've noticed my entire life is that every black man has a story that he always shares with, especially the young brothers that he comes across. So if I think of my years of being in the gym and guys that I really, you know, wasn't thinking about talking to. I mean, come on, y'all fellas, y'all know what I'm talking about. You in the gym, especially you in the younger gym. And then you're, you're in the gym, you're the young guy in the gym. And then this old dude comes out in a tile that may or may not stay on. And then he starts talking to you, trying to tell you a story about his life. Now, when I was younger, I oftentimes, you know, obviously, hey, hey, hey man, put, put the tile back on. But, uh, you know, I, sometimes I didn't want to listen. Uh, sometimes I didn't appreciate how guys approached me. But I will say there were some brothers that told me some things. And I still remember it to this day, 20 years later. All my life, I've been listening to men tell their story. And now, for those who struggle on how to tell it, well, I'm doing an interview style. So you're going to hear some interviews that are just me going back and forth, just really, you know, pulling out of them the treasures that they have inside. Then let's get to, well, who am I going to be interviewing? Well, I'm going to interview first my own father. I did not want to start this without interviewing my own dad. And let me tell you a story. Some years ago, one of my best friends was over and we were lifting weights in, in what I called the Iron Temple long before people started calling places the Iron Temple. My gym in my basement was the Iron Temple. My friend was down there working out with me and we both were complaining about our fathers to tell the truth. We both were talking about our dads and some things with our dads and, you know, how we felt about our dads and, you know, problems we had with our dads. And my friend goes home and after we train, I think I probably went, got in the shower or whatever. And I get back and I think he left it on my answer machine, if I remember it correctly. And my friend said, man, if you have anything you need to say to your father, you need to say it now because my dad has died and I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. And from that moment on in my life, I have always tried to view it and view the relationships that mean the most to me. There shouldn't be nothing left that needs to be said 
I don't care whether I don't like the person or whether I do like the person. There should be nothing left unsaid because we never know. We never know when we're going to go. And we say that. But what I have found over the years, especially with men, because we often don't talk, we often do not communicate, we often do not share how we feel about one another, is that many fathers are going into eternity never really investing what they wanted to say into their children. Now, they talked to their children. They gave them instruction. Now, they told them what you should do. Son, you need to be doing X, Y, and Z. But they never often opened up to them and really equipped them for this life, especially once they got older, because then they figured, well, you know, he don't want to listen to me anyway. He'll never listen to me. And many men out here today, and it may be you, you do not know anything really about your father because he hasn't shared anything about his childhood. He's never shared much about his grandparents. Most of what you might know about your family may actually be because you heard it from your mom. But yet you don't know anything about yourselves. So that's the why behind this. I want I don't want anyone to ever for their father to die. And we are coming up on Father's Day. And I'm so glad to release this and start getting these out there before Father's Day, because I don't want any man today whose father is still alive. If you plan on on honoring him. On this upcoming day, and, and for those who know me, I really could care less about most holidays. I ignore them. I think they're nothing but commercial. But let me tell you, this is one. This is one. You need to take the opportunity to forget buying a stupid tie. Forget get, getting the goofy mug. If you want to start honoring your father today, honor him by just saying, Dad, tell me a story. And that's what we're going to do in this upcoming series. Now, what are some of the things we're talking about? Well, you know, this is the Black Prospector show. So we're going to be talking about their life and how, for many of these men, they handle being a black man growing up in, these, in this society, growing up in the United States. But again, I'm talking about taking this beyond. I know you never should insult your audience, but I don't care if nobody ever listens to this. If nobody, if I go back and I check the analytics for these, you know, podcasts and, and the only one that viewed or, you know, that downloaded it was me. Well, so what? Because just in the hours I've spent interviewing two men already, I've already gotten enough that I'm happy and I can leave these for my sons because now my sons know something about my uncle that I didn't know. Now my sons will even know something about my dad, some things I didn't know. And so for what I'm building, even for my own family, makes this invaluable. But I want to share it with you. Why? Because, first of all, I want you to be able to go talk to your father and find out his story. And I want you, fathers, who you have sons, I want you to share your story with them while you're still alive. You may be listening to me right now and you're in your 30s, but guess what? My friend that I spoke of, his father died in his 40s. I have other friends close to me whose fathers died in their 40s. So we're not talking about 80-year-old men. We're talking about men who died at half that age. Probably still thinking that, yes, one day there's some things I'm going to share with my son. And they never got around to having that opportunity to do it. But guess what? You do now with your own kids. And you also have the time to go ask your own father for his stories, because I know you're not too old to listen and I know you're not too old to learn. 
Uh, we spend a whole lot of time listening to a whole bunch of riffraff. And here's the other thing. We spend a whole lot of time learning lessons from women. And for those of you who, let's just say, as my dad put it, you know, we, there's the saying that you can't go up in the back up in the womb. A whole lot of you men are still trying to live your life, trying to go back up in mama's womb because all you've ever heard are the stories that she told you about your father, especially if they aren't together. All you've heard is her side of the story. But do you have the guts to call up maybe your father that you have not seen in years? Maybe the father that you refuse to talk to because of what mama told you about him. Do you have the balls to call him up and say, dad, would you tell me the story about what happened? And dad, maybe you're on the other end of that. Maybe you got that kid that's out there and he's never heard or she's never heard your story. Would you be willing to share that to them? And I'm going to say if they ask, because I understand <laughs> I'm in that situation myself. You know, I'm not going to up and volunteer and call my son and say, let me tell you about. But even my son knows I'm here if he wants to know something. And there are sometimes I do volunteer. But I understand how tricky that situation can be. But I just want you to be open in case they come knocking on that door wanting to ask. Because a lot of you guys aren't even open for that opportunity. So I'm telling you, it is an honor for me to be able to share this with you. But and again, it's part of me. Anyone that knows me and I got to say, unfortunately, y'all going to kind of know me a little bit better than maybe I'm even comfortable sharing because this this hit me in a whole new way. My dad shared some things that explain so much about me that I'm sure that people, when my, my kids listen to this, or even if, if some of my friends or family listen to this, they'll be able to understand me even more by hearing about my dad and my grandfather. But, you know, that's, that's still good. That's still good because it teaches me some things about me and why I make the decisions that I make even today. I remember one time my wife and I were struggling considerably and we were on that side of the care package. Some of y'all in the church know what I'm talking about. On, you know, on Thanksgiving where you're not the one donating to the family in need, you are the family in need. And so we were on that side of the care package. And, and actually it was probably, yeah, it was about, yeah, I guess it was about the same time. My grandfather called me up and granddaddy said, you know, when me and your grandmama were together back in the 40s, we ended up staying, sleeping on the floor of this white man's house. He gave us a place to stay and, and let us stay there because we were going through so much. And I honestly don't remember what he said after that, but I do know that my grandfather had never shared anything with me about his life. What I would later learn is that my grandfather didn't share much about his life to even my father. So for him to share that with me, I rolled off of that, that it, it was renewing to me. It was refreshing to me because on one end, I'm living a life of regret myself on some things that I'm like, well, I'm in this shape because I made some bad decisions because I was stupid, because I got delayed in life, because I had a kid and I was paying all this money in child support, whatever. I'm feeling bad about it. But granddaddy telling me that just gave me enough to get up and keep going. We as black people don't even know where we came from. We listen to other ethnicities talk about, well, I, I came from here. And then they ask us, well, do you know anything about your family? You know, have you ever followed your family tree? And oftentimes, once we get past grandmama and granddaddy, <laughs> nana and papa, 
once we get past Big Mama, we often don't know. Probably if I had to put a date on it, once we probably get past the 19 teens or 1920s, we're out. We're out. If this was a game, we fold at that point. But there are stories out there. And unfortunately, white society will often take our own stories and do an NPR special or repackage the specials, repackage the stories. And they will go ahead. And then we basically, they will play them back for us or we will buy in to listen to somebody else's story when we have those same stories in our own house. Just go talk to your older relatives. So that's what I want you to do. If there's a call to action in this series that you're about to listen to, go to anyone in your family, men and women alike. But I'm going to say for my guys, go to the men first and ask them to tell you a story. Then we'll start moving over to the women. There's even a part of this in the future that I, I, I do truly have, you know, I'll say white friends. And I, I, I say white friends because if I can talk about race with them and I can be myself, I'm willing to consider them a white friend. I know that they even have a story. A lot of the men that I've talked to and men's groups that I belong to, I've heard some of their stories and they even have a story. There's a lot of commonality there. But right now, because we're unapologetically black masculinity here, we're going to start out with the story of some black men first. There's been very, very few moments in my life that bring me as much joy and reflection of sitting back, listen, listening to an older black man tell me about his life. So what I want you to do is sit back and enjoy. And I want you to listen to the stories of the lives of these black men. What life was like growing up in the 40s. And so in, in the first two we start out with actually are two men that are in their mid 70s. You hear about life in the 50s in the 60s, in the 70s, during integration, during the 80s, when the crack epidemic, in quotes, just happened to lands in the black community, how they handled retirement in the 90s and the early 2000s, and then to be in the mid 70s, looking at having far more years behind them than they do ahead of them, how they're even making plans for the future. What do they regret? What do they wish they would have said to their own children? And then, as I always ask during these interviews, what would they say to their younger selves in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, or even their 50s? Because when you're 70, you're still young at 50, even though those of us in our 50s don't feel like it. So I want you to sit back. I just want you to enjoy. I want you to enjoy these stories. And whatever words of wisdom and advice these men have for their younger selves, do me a favor, take that advice yourself. A wise man learns from the mistakes of others, but we'll just say a fool learns from his own mistakes. These men are willing to share the mistakes that they've made in their life. Be wise, don't make the same mistakes with your family, with your children, with your wife, with your career, with your life. Learn from the stories that you're going to hear. And if you have an opportunity to go to your dad today and whether it's to get anything right, whether it is to repair a relationship and repairing a relationship may even mean, look, we don't get along. I don't like you for this, that and the third reason, but 
I'm going to respect you as my dad, but I'm going to keep it moving. But much respect. Um, and I appreciate what you've done. But, you know, I'm going my own way now. And I think that in and of itself made clear a whole lot of the air. But you know what? At the end of the day, just always be about the truth. And you're going to hear why the truth is so important to me. And so the truth that these men are going to speak to you, well, I hope you find some value in it. And if you do, then you're truly indeed a wise man. Lastly, you know, make it your business to go to bed smarter than you woke up that morning. I guarantee you, if you pull out the real true gold, like a real prospector, you pull out the real true gold and the words that you're going to hear these men give you, I guarantee you, you will go to bed smarter than you woke up this morning. Please leave your comments. Please let me know how you feel about the interviews. Uh, if you have any things that thing that it's like, hey, when you interview them, could you ask? Definitely email me at blackprospector at gmail.com. Uh, leave a comment. I would, I would love your feedback. All right. That being said, I will repeat it again. Make it your business to go to bed wiser than you woke up that morning.